Hello and welcome to the Love Day podcast. Today we've got Jamie Harris. He's going to talk to us about business, starting your own business, the challenges, the ups, downs. Um, Jamie, can you introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. So my name's Jamie Harris. How is it going, guys? I'm 19 years old, from the UK, more specifically Cardiff. Fun fact, it's actually my birthday today, so I just turned 19. Um, I've been in business for four years now. I actually started my first business when I was 15 and it was a clothing company whilst I was still in school. So I'm sure we're going to cover that throughout the podcast anyway. So yeah, again, Josh, thanks for having me on. No, thanks for being on here. I really appreciate it, man. Um, so yeah, obviously you started, you've you've been into business since you were, did you say you were 15? You started your own clothing business? 15, yeah, 15. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah, so 15. So what, um, what made you actually start when you were 15? So I've actually got quite a deep story to this. So I give it the brief. Basically, I was okay. sitting in maths before, right? And I always, in the back of my mind, had the idea of doing a clothing company because I always want. I always knew school wasn't for me. I always knew, you know, entrepreneurial. I always had that entrepreneurial mindset sort of thing. And I was sitting in maths class one day, and I had the idea of a clothing company in the back of my head. And basically, maths class started at. 10 o'clock in the morning and it finished at 11 and now usually this lesson drags like fuck so are we allowed to swear on me yeah of course man swear away yeah okay so <laughs> yeah it drags like fuck usually so i sit down i look at the time it's 10 o'clock next thing you know next thing you know is 5 to 11 literally time went so quick and literally it woke me up and i literally thought to myself shit i've got to do it now i've literally got no literally time goes so quick I've got to do it now. So that day I went home. I started coming up with names, started brainstorming and whatnot. And I came up with the name 1660. Now, I've got I've still got loads of pictures from like the, the hoodies I made and stuff like that. But yeah, I basically started with printing on designs on T-shirts. So I went to the local H&M, bought a pack of T-shirts for like five pounds. And I started printing on the design. Basically, I printed it off onto this printing paper that I picked up in Poundland. And... I was selling the t-shirts for £15. Uh, That quickly went to shit, though, because the first person that bought the t-shirt off me, uh, they put it in the wash once, and, yeah, the entire logo came off, and I had to give them the refund for the 15 quid. That's that's interesting, man. That's really interesting. It's it's, it's very interesting when you say that, obviously, you were in the maths class, and then you saw that the hour went really quick, and you said, shit, like, I've got to get a move on. Life is moving pretty quick. You know, is that that what you Mm. felt? Like, if if I don't do it now, I'll never do it? type of thing yeah well that that it wasn't so much that it was i always had the mindset of a, of um an entrepreneur as i said and yeah it was sort of like when the time just went quick i was just like yeah it's got to be done now do you, know, do you know what i mean yeah of course absolutely so obviously so you started when you were 15 right did your clothing business and what mm-hmm. um when did you stop doing the clothing business and then you moved on to something else why did you stop doing the clothing was was did mm. was your interest did your interest go what was it so the clothing company actually made me my first bit of money so i actually made four figures from the clothing company it actually did a lot better than you'd probably think so i made my first thousand pound and back when you're 15, mate, no one works. You're not legally allowed to work in the UK to you're 16. So 15, making that much money. Sorry, in it. So I sort of, yeah, of started branching off into other aspects of business then. Now, the reason I stopped the clothing company, I actually don't know. I think what it was is I sort of lost interest in the, because at the time I didn't, I wasn't really savvy with, you know, design and 
the computers and what now and whatnot. I was basically I was making all my uh, my logos on this one website that had limited designs on it. So I think I got to a point where I couldn't actually make any more designs, and I sort of decided to lose interest. And not to mention sales were dipping as well because everybody I knew had a hoodie. So it was sort of like sales started to drop. No one really cared about the clothing company anymore. So um, I think I just lost a bit of bit of motivation, to be honest with you. No, you know what? It's it's really interesting that because it sounds like, you know, when anyone starts something, you know, a lot of people will start a business and then they'll get really excited about it. But yeah. they sometimes they lose interest. Like a lot of people have got the motivation, but it's it's kind of like you've got to build a habit, but you've also got to love what you do. Do you know what I mean? If you don't love what yeah. you're doing, um, it's very, very hard to stick to it. And I've had that in the past with things that I've done. And I mean, if I was going to say or give anyone advice, to like if you're going to start your own thing make sure it's something that you love do you know what I mean make sure you've got a passion for it well yeah I mean you know it's a, it's a common fact that uh people who start their new you know new year's resolution apparently on average 85 percent of people that create a new year new year's resolution um give up within two weeks it's cr- pretty crazy isn't it yeah it's yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. You know why? Because they, they build it up and they've got like this motivation to change their life to maybe it's yeah. lose weight, maybe it's get a promotion, maybe it's to live just their dreams or whatever they want to do. And they stick to it for like you say, two weeks, three weeks, and a lot of them quit because the motivation goes and they've yeah. got to maybe they've got that interest and they've got the passion, but it's 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 really the little things you do each day, it's the habits that you build. And I mean, whilst we're talking about habits, what yeah. habits do you have? What would you say that the best habits that you've taken on starting your own business? Oh, I mean, there's just so many. You've got to have mindset habits. You've got to have physical habits to do with your health because we've touched on this off podcast, but obviously health is so important to success. It's unbelievable. Um, you've got to have the discipline habits as well. Like, because the business will, mate, it's tough. Like, I know I can't really speak on everything because I've only had four years experience but and I'm still so young but the thing is from what I from the businesses I've been through which is about four or five different industries trust me it is tough it, you've got to have some certain habits you know such as willpower and you've got to have the discipline as well to um, handle the setbacks and rejections you know what I mean because if you can't handle setbacks and rejections you're in for a big shock because the quick psychology of it is um as humans, we're all naturally risk averse, which means we're, you know, our brains will do anything to prevent risk. Um, so this is why we don't cross the road without looking both ways. This is why we won't go into a casino and put our entire life savings on black or red or whatever, because our brains, you know, pretty much won't let us until you fight that urge. So you can walk out the, across the road without looking left or right, can't you? But you've got to fight your brain, basically. You, you can do it but your brain won't let you do it subconsciously. So you've got to consciously do it. So it's the same with dealing with setbacks and rejections. Like your brain won't let you go out and get, um, you know, for example, in my industry, um, if you, you know, you're prone to getting a setback or rejection by trying to, you know, acquire a new client, for example. So say now you're doing cold calling, you're, you've associated your negative mindset, which uh, as humans we're all naturally negative, by the way, that's the way we're hardwired when we're born. You've associated um, that cold call with potential rejection, right? Like anybody would, you'd re- you'd expect a cold call to be rejection. So your brain won't 
will do everything in his power to possibly prevent you from you know doing that cold call because you've associated it with a rejection which is a risk because it's negative so your brain will do everything to prevent you from doing that phone call so if you're in the business industry you'll know what i'm talking about you know you've got to you know you've got to make that phone call but you're you're like nah what can i do what can i do besides taking that phone call what what else can i do because your brain wants to you know prevent you from putting yourself in that dangerous situation of fear and failure and um you know maybe a hurt to the ego yeah so your brain is doing anything to get you out of that so you've really got to adopt um habits to discipline yourself to you know cope with the rejections and the setbacks and that's something that I, i've worked on for years and it's so hard because the rejections um it, that's just one portion of the, of an entire but that's like one fish in the sea do you know what i mean that's one thing that you know is a part of a massive massive industry so yeah dealing with setbacks is one discipline that i've i've um one habit i've adopted seriously over the last couple of years obviously health is another one um you know more about health than me obviously so you know maybe you can talk a bit about health and how that affects your brain and whatnot yeah i mean just going back to what you said about rejection that is like that's mm-hmm. on point it's massive and i think a lot of people I don't want to say it like the the weak minds in any way. It's just the fact that when they get rejected, I've had it in myself where I get rejected and I feel shit and I don't want to do anything. And there's times where I've just mm. quitted it. And the thing is, you've got to kind of a rejection is kind of like it's the way you look at it. And if you can if you can face it and learn from it, and you know, get you upset know, about it, not to cut you off or anything. Stand back up. But do you know what? Do you know what's crazy? I'm currently cool. writing an ebook, and I swear on my life, I just finished writing that chapter before I came on the call to you. And that's basically <laughs> that's how crazy. to turn the negative, yeah, how to turn the negative into the positive. So the negative obviously is a rejection, and that's the way your brain is going to look at it. But you've got to rewire your brain and think about it. Like you've got to fight that urge, like I said earlier, um, to look at it as right. I've failed here now. This is now a chance for me to reflect on what I did wrong learn from it and which would make my success rate for closing clients um higher in the future because now i know what not to do you know you didn't fail there's a good quote and it goes you haven't failed you just found another way that didn't work you just got to make your positive mindset you know what i mean yeah it's the way you look at it as well and you know what i've noticed the things that i've stuck at the things that i've been mm-hmm. shit at and i've carried on going for it even when it hit i you naturally get better it's like you create this muscle in your brain and then for some reason like things just blossom and you get better at it every time yeah. you do it so it's, it's obviously obsession it's an element of obsession it's persistence and it's, yeah, it's going for it. it's being able to accept the rejection and carry on and it's one of the hardest things to do and you've got to step by step and day by day it's a habit but back on the food food talk um clean eating's huge man i mean yeah, yeah. it's 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 absolutely massive for your mindset yeah, yeah, yeah. but for everything i feel like when you it's when i eat clean i hold myself completely differently to how i would when i oh eat yeah bad food it sounds stupid but it just i think me, um, a lot more positive energy. yeah i completely agree do you uh do you drink alcohol at all yeah but i don't do it often it's very very rarely i do it on the occasion i drink alcohol Mm, see for me i haven't drank alcohol in two years because 
Um, there's a few reasons why. I, I, the thing is, right, you can easily, easily be healthy and, you know, have a drink every week. Easily. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But for me personally, I'm so motivated and driven at the moment. It's unbelievable. So the reason I don't drink is because, one, you lose a day the next day because I suffer with – I'm just one of them, them unlucky people that have massive hangovers. Like, I don't even have to drink anything <laughs> I get a hangover. Do you know what I mean? So <laughs> I, I lose a day, basically. And alcohol actually kills brain cells that take weeks and weeks to grow back. And another thing is – so our immune system, right, um, it can only really focus on one thing at a time. So it's made, our immune system's main priority is to fight off diseases and bacteria that are literally all around us 24-7, okay? So when you drink alcohol or you put junk food into your body, um, it releases toxins, right? So your immune system, as soon as you eat that cake or you eat that chocolate bar or whatever, your immune system takes its mind off the, um, the diseases and all that stuff it's fighting right now, and it puts its mind on the junk food. Because it's got to, it's got to get rid of all the toxins from the junk food, right? So it's the same with alcohol. Yeah. You're way more likely to be um, ill from being unhealthy and drinking and whatnot because your immune system is focusing on something else. It's not focusing on fighting off the bacteria and the illness and the bugs and the flus and whatnot. So this is a great reason uh, why most people get colds in the winter because your immune system's fighting off the cold. That's just the basic, the basic formula to it. So this is why I don't drink because of all that stuff. And um, uh, drinking is a lot worse than junk food in terms of releasing toxins because it, it, it releases so much toxins. Your immune system yeah, literally has to go has to go at work. Because at the end of the day, alcohol is a poison. Yes, we've all, we all know when you overdo it, you get alcohol poisoning. But what people don't realize is you're still getting poisoned by the alcohol even with one drop, but your immune system is fighting it off. It's when you overdo it and your immune system can't handle it anymore. That's when you're sick. You're technically always being poisoned by it, no matter how much you drink. You see what I mean? Yeah, of course. And and back to what you said about like how you you've kind of built momentum and you wouldn't want to miss a day. I completely relate to you. Like when I was doing my degree, like I just wanted to get it first. I wanted to prove to people that I could do it. Um, yeah. And that was my biggest. That was something that I wanted to show and just prove to anyone and everyone that I could do it. And I literally would not go out. Like, mm. I didn't really have a social life. I, I constantly studied, getting up really early, staying staying up really late and just studying constantly. And I didn't want to break that momentum. And it's also the fear of, like, if I were to drink, I'd miss a day. And then maybe I'd break habit. Mm. And I don't want to break habit. I'm in such a good habit right now. And I feel like that's similar yeah. to you. Like, you're in a really yeah. good habit right now. Well, and you don't want to break it. Yeah, for sure. I mean... Trust me, I would love to talk about social media because um, for, for those of you that don't know, um, I currently have uh, two companies. So an advertising agency and a trainer consultancy. So I'll put that out there right now. So yes, technically um, I do have, and obviously I have my personal brand as well, but that's not technically a company. So, you know, three different things I work on. So technically my main business is social media marketing. So social media advertising, advertising agency. So it's basically digital marketing, all based around advertising on digital platforms. Now, you'd expect me to be very, you know, uh, active on social media, but here's the thing. I completely relate to you though, Josh, because when I first started business, when I uh, started serious business, so not my clothing company, the business I started after that, when I left school, which was affiliate marketing. So when I really got into, you know, uh, 
the laptop side of the business, I came off social media for two years. Um, I didn't touch social media. Like, let me give you the background. So this is going to sound cocky as fuck, right? But I'll be honest with you because I want to be truthful. Um, in school, I was the, I hate to say it, but I was the popular one um, in school on social media. I was, I was the first one to, you know, I'd always have the most likes. I'd always have the most followers. I'd always have the most comments. I always have the most, I always had all that sort of stuff. So I was always very um, active on social media because everyone knew me for social media because I, you know, that's the way it was when I was in school. Um, so for me to come off social media, it's crazy because I went from having tons of friends, tons of, you know, girls around me and whatnot, always being that, you know, that social hub. So as soon as I left school, I came off social media. I didn't see anybody for two years. Literally, I came off the entire thing for where well, it was just under two years. I didn't see anybody. I didn't get on with my parents. I didn't have a girlfriend or anything like that. I literally was behind a laptop screen for two years and it was unbelievable how lonely I was. But trust me, in some ways, that two years was the best two years of my entire life. The amount of stuff I learned in that two years about actual life rather than... And you, and you realize that kind of like your own company becomes a choice, do you know what I mean? Like a lot of people, I feel like they mm. have to... We're kind of going off topic a little bit with like companies, but like a lot of people kind of have to be around people all the time. But when you like, when you isolate yourself and you're doing something yeah. you love and you, you get to a point and a stage where you literally don't give a shit what anyone thinks of you... You Mate, that's literally where I'm at now. And, and and being yeah, it's it's being alone, um, it becomes a choice. It's you know, you'd rather be you'd rather have no company than be in bad company, but then be around people that don't want you to win, that are putting you down. I mean, that's a big yeah. part. That must I mean whilst whilst I'm talking about that, do you ever do you ever experience that starting your own business? Because you're very young oh. and obviously you've you've got you're very successful. So is you know, in terms of people that may be jealous and put you down, what's that yeah, like? Yeah, yeah, wow. I've got such like if you if you could find anybody in this world that had that has had the most criticism, it's me. Um I've had I've heard everything from everyone. People that apparently love me and my family, I've heard it all, mate. I've heard all of it. And uh that's the thing, like um, you got to be thick skinned. Like seriously, you really have because coming off, uh, when I came off socials, obviously I had no one to turn to. So when my parents were arguing with me saying, you know, got to go to college, you got to do this, you got to do that, go get a real job. Obviously when I'm trying to start my business, trying to make something for myself, um, that's where, you know, that's where it's the hardest. That's where it's the hardest because you got no one to turn to. I had no one to turn to to talk to. I didn't have a girlfriend, didn't have any mate. Well, I had mates, they, like, don't get me wrong. When I came back on the social media, I, I was straight back in my friendship group. I was sound with them. But at the time, I chose not to have any mates because, to me, I couldn't surround myself with any like-minded individuals um, because where I live, no one is business mindset. I'm like like a serious odd one out. Um, so for me, going um, being around no one is better than being around toxic people. So I chose to be around no one, basically. That's the main reason why I did it. So... Um, I've heard it all, you know, I've heard, trust me, I've had countless, countless, countless nights where I'm downstairs and my parents are rinsing me to my face, um, saying, you know, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't be successful, you can't do it, you didn't do well in school, you haven't got what it takes, you're not smart enough, you're, um, you know, you can't be rich from down here, you, I've heard it all, mate, and it's tough, you know, there's been nights where 
to get deep for a second. There's been nights, you know what I mean, where I've, because I'm so passionate, there's been nights where um, I've been rinsed and like had a serious argument with everyone and I've just come up to my room and just cried. Like, it's unbelievable. Like, that's how passionate I am. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, so... Yeah, you know what, man? That sounds hard. That sounds really difficult. Mm. But, you know, to 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 kind of like keep going that's that's spirit man that's that that takes a lot of people yeah, wouldn't do that sure. a lot of people would quit easily so good on you for doing that it's not easy it's not easy i mean i completely understand you i think i think isolation mm. is a gift like if you can if you can isolate yourself and do what you need to do and and focus on focus yeah. on your craft every single day you know the benefit of being on your yeah. own you get so Careful, much man. done and you you the 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 less people, it sounds crazy, but the smaller your circle, the less, the less drama, the less bullshit. Do you know what I mean? And and you know maybe 100%. you'll meet people that want similar things. There is nothing I worse bit, yeah. than Definitely. starting a brand new thing, getting out of your comfort zone, and then hearing people say snidey comments and saying, "Why yeah, are you doing well, this? Well, that's Why the are thing. You doing that? I just because they don't do yeah, it. Yeah, I've got. Well, that's the thing. I've got people like now, like you know, for me personally, to my personal self. I feel like I'm doing quite well compared to the rest of the eight, um, 19 year old. Well, 18 technically, everyone in my year is 18. To the rest of the people that are in my year, in my school year, um, I'm doing way better than all them, way better. Um, but they still, I saw one of the, one of the random girls that was in my school who, you know, weren't, weren't like a close mate, but whatever. And she just goes to me and goes the other day now this way. She goes, you're driving a Lamborghini yet then? Do you know what I mean? It's just like, that pressure they put on you, like they don't understand how hard business really is. Like it's crazy. Like to get Lamborghini, I mean, you're talking, you're talking good money right there. And uh, yeah, I'm not at that stage yet, but you know what I mean? Them, them Saki comments. I understand what you mean. Yeah, of course. And it's, it's kind of, it's, it gets to a point, like obviously sometimes you can't avoid it, but I'm getting to a point now where I kind of, I'm very, very cautious who I tell. I mean, from a social media point of view, I've kind of, you know, you've got to kind of promote yourself and go out, go out there. But I mean, Mm-hmm. I'm very, very yeah, yeah, yeah. cautious um, about telling certain people just because I know that that would have a, an effect on me. I know that if someone said I couldn't do something, I'd act like I, I didn't give a shit, but it would it would bother me. If I'm going to be honest, it would bother me. Do mm. you know what I mean? Yeah, if, for sure. If someone, someone hating on you and saying that you can't do this, you can't do that, it, it, it doesn't... I mean, sometimes, you know, obviously you'll be strong-minded and you'll say, you know what, yeah. fuck it, I'm going to do it. But... At the same time, I can avoid that shit. Do you know what I mean? I can avoid that. Yeah, of course. I mean, they, um, the, one of the famous examples is uh, first they laugh at you, then they hate you, and then they love you. Do you know who Cristiano Ronaldo is? Yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen it. I've seen he, the quote. It's cool, he's isn't it? so yeah. true to that quote. It's unbelievable. When he first started, everyone laughed at him. When he was playing at Man United, trying all the skills and, you know, being fancy in the pitch, everyone laughed at him. And then, then everyone started to hate him. Five, six years later, when he was absolutely killing it at Man United, everyone would boo him every time he was on the ball, wouldn't they? Everyone hated him because um, he was so good. And now look at him. Everyone loves that man. Any, everyone on this planet loves Cristiano Ronaldo, football fan or not. Everyone loves him. Do you know what I mean? Everyone knows him. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's huge. He's huge. It's insane. Like it's so true. There was another one. I said that first they mock you. Then they ask questions. Then they then they copy you. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, it's, it's, I never heard that one. It's just dealing with it and going for it. And there's nothing. There is nothing better. More. There's nothing better than than getting payback on just on how successful you're going to become and what you do. Do you know what I mean? 
to proving to the haters that you can do it's it. the fool really that the, the 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 hate fools me to be honest with you like it makes you want to prove people wrong but i will say something if you are watching this now and you do want to start a business i am probably going to send quite a lot of my followers over to the podcast to watch it um listen to this going back to the other conversation about you know health habits and stuff people think that they can just overlook health when it comes to you know um routines and clean eating and stuff like that but trust me let me give you the formula not a formula but basically the way i look at it is when you've got a healthy body you've got a healthy mind so you eat better then you start to feel better then you look better because you know your skin's better you take more care of yourself because you're feeling better and then from looking better feeling better and eating better you gain confidence and then from that confidence you start to perform better so that perform better is the key word words that performance increase is key you need that in business you really need as much potential as you can to perform so eating healthy is such an such an important thing do you know what i mean yeah of course that's you know what that is such a good point it's a, such a good point it's it's what you you know it's, it's everything it's all the little things you do in your day do you know what i mean i mean what we were talking off the podcast before like even if you guys you know if anyone's listening to this anyone who follows jamie and um is listening to this and they're wanting to start their own business and maybe they don't have, you know, they don't have an office, they're using their home and maybe they've got a computer in the bedroom and that's fine and that's how what they're going to work off. I'd, I'd challenge you to get up early, have a shower and dress as if you're going to work. Take it very seriously and don't just act like, oh, I'm getting out of bed now, I'm in my PJs and I'll do some work. Take it seriously because then if you're dressed to the part, in your mind you'll take what you're about to do, whatever you're doing, you'll take it more seriously. Do you know what I mean? I think it's a You're completely real. right because if I was, for example, now, I was, uh, I woke up and I am working from home and my, I've got my baggy tracksuit bottoms on, I've got a scruffy t-shirt on that has been in the wash in a couple of days, but you know, it doesn't matter because I'm not going anywhere. Trust me, my performance that day would, would be unbelievably worse than what it would be if I woke up did my bed, had a shower quick, um, straight away. Um, I did my hair, I put on a suit and then I then see how I perform. Completely different, so different. So what you're saying is completely valid, literally. Yeah, it's completely, it's completely valid. I mean, what, just yeah, yeah. out of curiosity, you've got your own business, what diet, what diet, you know, what diet do you have? Do you, do you eat meat? Are you vegetarian? Are you vegan? What is so, it, what's your diet? I have a fully plant-based diet. So now... I don't want to say I'm vegan. So I'm technically, like, the thing is, I'm vegan, but I'm not. It's just, this is going to trigger a lot of people. I eat only plant-based stuff, but I do have normal milk. So I can't really call myself a vegan. Do you know what I mean? So technically, I don't eat meat, but I do have a plant-based diet, but I also drink normal milk. So I can't actually call myself a vegan. So if, if you're vegan, you're watching this, sorry if I triggered you, but I can't actually call myself a real vegan. But I do have a fully plant-based diet, yeah. That's impressive. That's impressive. Um, so that's that's why would you say that you have go for the plant-based diet? Is it for yeah. your mindset? Is it for business? What is it? What's well, the I do also take a lot of vitamins as well. And, uh, you know, vitamins are unbelievable because... Uh, if you're from the UK, you'll fucking know that we don't get any sun down here. So we need to take vitamins to, you know, compensate for the stuff we miss. So vitamins, they they, they pretty much perform roles in your body, um, you know, 
to like help your brain function more efficiently, uh, strengthen your immune system, and they help convert. Um, they help to convert food into energy. So you know you have your full potential of energy as well. So I do take a lot of vitamins to counterbalance a lot of the meat that maybe I don't eat or stuff like that. So the reason I do plant based diet is not because you know, um, not because of the animals or not because of anything like that. It's just the healthiest route to go. And when I was talking earlier about the immune system portion of it, when you eat junk food and the immune system's focusing on getting rid of the of the toxins, having a plant based diet it just completely does it completely your know, immune system doesn't need to fucking react to it. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, that's the reason why I have a plant-based diet. That's cool, man. That's really cool. That's really, it's very interesting. And that's going to be really interesting to some people listening to this, whether it's uh, they're interested in business, whether they're interested in fitness. I do know a lot of people that have gone plant-based and they say it's good for the mind. It's good for the digestive system. There's loads of crazy benefits that they've got. The only thing that I'd say that would kind of scare me about going vegan, and it's probably it's probably not true, is the fact that if I was wanting to bulk, uh, I want to go to the gym and I want yeah. to put weight on, I feel like a plant-based no. diet wouldn't be... No chance. I wouldn't say it's not impossible. No. Nothing's impossible, but it would be hard. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, again, for me, um, the plant-based diet, it, you know, it does it does a few more things as well. Like it lowers the risk of cardiovascular disease as well. Like not that that you know, you don't wake up thinking, "Fuck, I don't want to get cardiovascular disease." So you don't think like that, obviously, but it does lower the risk, and um, it's also rich in fiber, vitamins. Yeah, it's rich in min- min- minerals, vitamins. You know, which lowers the risk of heart disease, having been rich in fiber and stuff like that. So, you know. It's just, it's just a preference, really, mate. And uh, yeah, no other than that, really. No, it's cool. It's cool. Can you know? So obviously, you've you've got your own business, and you know, you know what fascinates me? It fascinates me how young you are. Do you know what I mean? It fascinates me the fact that you're you've just turned nineteen and you're still working yeah. on your birthday. What you know? What keeps you? motivated like what is like everyone yeah. has to have a why what's your why why are you why are you doing this what's your reason is it because is it just because you want to be playing right successful or what is the reason so um there's this quote and it's called the best revenge is massive success now i personally have had i've so it started off with an it, it was an ego thing so when i was in school as i said i was you know that social hub i was that guy so part of having that role, I suppose you could say, was I always had to have the best clothes, I always had to have the best. I always like had this um, urge to have the best stuff because I sort of wanted to always be the best. Do you see what I mean? I always wanted to be the best. So that, you know, I wanted to have the best clothes, best shoes, um, always wanted to have the best car, whatnot. So just, ever, you know, just naturally always wanted to have the most money, just followed it. So that's where it really started. And I was nailing that when I was 15 as I told you earlier. And it sort of transformed then onto when I actually did start a business, all the people that told me to, you know, you can't be this, you can't do that, you can't do this, you can't do that. It transformed from wanting to have the most money to then wanting to prove everyone wrong. And then, it, then so that's two of the reasons I do want to have the most money and I do want to prove everyone wrong. And then it also transformed then again onto hating where I live because um, I really wanted to get out to LA. That's that's where I want to live. I want to live in, in Beverly Hills. I know it sounds cliche. That's where everyone wants to live. But that's, you know, that's where I'm going. And I will get there, um, you know, in the next 10 years. And that's the goal I've set for myself. And I will be up there in the next 10 years. So it's also transitioned onto then hitting my deadlines for my goals. Like for me, mate, 
when you set a deadline for a goal, oh my God, the deference you work. Because put it this way, in one week, listen to this, right? And this is literally such recent. This is literally like two weeks ago, if that, 10 days ago. I set a goal. On my, I put up a poll on my Instagram and I said, right, who wants a free SMMA course? If I release a free SMMA course, who would join? And I released an entire SMMA course um, for free. And I'll get onto that in two seconds. But just the last reason to why I'm so driven is now, it's now transitioned on the helping people out who are less fortunate. It's now transitioned on the helping people who can't afford courses. Because that's where, that was my most recent realization. So what I did was, it was, um, it was a Monday. It was a Monday. And I said, right, who wants a free course? And the number of people that voted yes on the poll like in comparison to the amount of followers I had who had viewed the video was crazy. It was like, it was like 80% of the viewers had voted yes. It was nuts. So I thought, right, this is brilliant because I can give everyone a free course. So they aren't going to pay for anything. You know, a lot of people don't have any money for our paid course. Most SMMA courses, SMMA stands for social media marketing agency, by the way. Um, most of the SMMA courses are like a thousand pounds. So, um, I basically, in one week, I did all this, right? In one week, I had planned out the entire eight-module course. There's 50 videos in there. I planned it all out. I had filmed the entire thing. I had edited the entire thing. I had set up an entire website. I had set up an entire funnel, an email funnel for it. And um, uh, I branded the entire thing as well. I set up the logo. I set up the... Um, the countdowns on my Instagram, I kept everyone on their toes. Do you know what I mean? I kept on keep putting up, you know, reminders of the course, like, like really high definition, edited, like animated videos on my Instagram. Like I was keeping everyone up to date constantly. I did all of that in one week. So in other words, I filmed and edited. Yeah, I filmed and edited That's like impressive. 45, uh, 48 videos, I think it is. I filmed and edited 48 videos. I planned them all, planned them all, um, all in one week. Bearing in mind, I did all that whilst still replying to all my dms and all that stuff people asking me questions um still running my entire agency my 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 company and still training people for my trainer consultancy so i was still coaching people did all that in one week so that's just because i set a goal if i didn't set that goal trust me now that course wouldn't even be finished it wouldn't even be finished yet do you know what i mean but yeah i know that was a bit of a waffle um and we went off on a tangent then but going back to the yeah, going back to the question was, you know, what keeps you motivated and what keeps you driven? Like, mate, once I released that course, you know the amount of messages I got saying, "Wow, you have you have changed my life. This course is way better than most free, uh, most paid." Basically, this one guy said to me, he said, "I got all the testimonials on my website. If you want to check it out, it's www.harrisjamie.com." Um, this one guy messaged me saying, uh, "You know." Thank you so much for this course. You don't understand. You've literally changed my life. I would never, ever be able to afford a course because most of the courses are a thousand pounds. And he said, um, you know, you've literally changed my life. You've now given me an opportunity to do what I want and get out of my nine to five job. You have given me the opportunity. Um, and then another testimonial, another one was, you know, this course is crazy. It's literally way better than um, the a thousand pound course that he was in by another, another, um, SMMA guru, which I won't name the name of, but he's very famous in the industry. He's one of the top, top people. And, um, he said my free, just the free course is way better than his course is crazy. So after all the, you know, after the day I released it, I realized, shit, 
I guess, such a, um, like a positive, a dopamine hit of help out of helping people for free, like, you know, giving them insane value for free. That's, that's something that really drives me at the moment. So that's why I'm working on all this free stuff right now in my spare time. Um, that's impressive. So it seems to me that you're that you you're a people person. You thrive off helping people. Yeah. And you obviously love yeah, love it when you get the response saying that thank you and all that type of stuff. And that's big, man. Do you know what I mean? So basically, you know that that's that's quite rare as well. Because to be honest with you, you know when yeah. you look at internet marketers and all these all these um, Instagrams, you know yeah. a lot of people are trying to make money. Let's, let's face it, a lot of people are trying to make money yeah. online and that's fair, that's fair enough. But, you know, to offer something free yeah. that is, you know, authentic, it's real, it tells you everything, there's no, there's nothing after it. It's just a free course giving people who can't afford it um, something to, 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 yeah, an opportunity and that's a, that's a massive thing and it just shows you the power of the internet. You can connect with anyone and you can help anyone and yeah, it's just crazy and it's very, very interesting as well. Um, that's big, man. That's really big. Um, I'd say, um, you know, what, obviously starting your own company, right? I mean, I've, I've obviously started, I've started my own thing right now and, you know, I'm getting into it. Um, but sometimes, you know, when you start your, you start your company or you start your business, sometimes, you know, you, you fall and maybe you don't see progress and that can be very demotivating. Do you know what I mean? It can, it can make you quit quite easily. Would you say that it's important to look at, you know, let's say if something isn't working? Well, for me personally, I'm one of them people who is obsessed with the progress. Like if I have a day, like I've sort of got like an obsession with it. So if I have a day where I'm not being, uh, I'm not making any progress, I feel like absolute shit at the end of the day. Like progress for me is such an important thing. I love making progress. I'm just that sort of person. So what was the question? How to, um, if you, if you get demotivated, how to overcome? I mean, it was, it was kind of, it was kind of like six questions in one, wasn't it? How do you measure, um, the success of, of your, of your marketing or your social media? Like what, what, what are the, what are the steps you take? And if they don't work, what do you change? Do you know what I mean? Do you change things? Or, you know, because a lot of people have different analytics tools for social media. I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking of any of the listeners right now, if they're starting a social media business or they're trying to get noticed online. There's no definitive answer to this. This is definitely all personal based. Like if your goal is to, if you're, you know, if you're content with 5,000 followers, like period, then you can, you know, you can only go up 10 followers a day for the next like fucking four years and you'll still hit your goal if that's your, you know, if that's your goal. But for me personally, my goal is to be, you know, um, at least 50K in the next, in the next, you know, year and a half, two years. So for me, my, my measure of success daily, like the progression would be completely different to someone who maybe wanted to only go up to 5K. So there's a really definitive answer to that one, to be honest with you, Josh. Because you know what I mean? Like you could say, like, you always see that thing, like everyone's measure of success is different. Like for me personally, so now I take one of my friends, for example, to him, success is probably £100,000 a year. But to me, I've got a tattoo on my leg that says eight figure dreams, which is 10 mil plus. So when I get to that stage, then I'll be successful. I won't be happy until I get to that stage. So 
you know, everyone's got different measures of success. So yeah, it does depend on the person, definitely. Absolutely, but that's really interesting what you're saying. Everyone has different measures of success, and that's a huge thing. I mean, I had someone on the podcast, uh, one of my good friends, and he um, he actually talks about. He's got a channel called uh, Usman Usman the Human, and um, he talks about how a lot of people set the bar too high. And to some point, I do agree with that. But in terms of business and social media goals, um, I think people you know if they're starting a business or whatever maybe they're not starting a business maybe they've just you know maybe they've just got the nine-to-five job they set the bar really low and because they set the bar really low it's like they've made it really hard for themselves to achieve that and when they achieve it it's like they haven't really because they've set it so low it's even harder for it to go up do you know what i mean they need to i mean what i've noticed is if You've got to set the goals high. You've got to set. You've got to set the bar high in a lot of things. Do you know what I mean? To it, you've got to every day. So, so even when you hit your targets, be you, be humble. Yeah, I celebrate every win. Goal. Like always want more. Yeah, because that's the thing. When you celebrate a win, you crave that celebration, and that's the thing. Because the dopamine, the dopamine hits you get from a bit, basically for anybody that's not watching, dopamine is the addictive chemical in our brain. So it's the same chemical that. Um, smoking gives off, gambling gives off, drinking gives off, um, being happy gives off. It's the same chemical that's addictive. It's stuff that you crave, okay? So, um, yeah, I get so many dopamine hits from uh, celebrating a success. That, that To me, that is one of the best days that I, that I have all year. It's a celebration day because I go all out, you know what I mean? Get a bottle of champagne just to celebrate a small win because for me, it then drives me then to fucking get the wins so I can have that day again, basically. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely, of course. I mean, one thing I've started yeah. to do um, is, you know, I would, I kind of like want to, yeah. until I hit my goals, until I've until I've done what I need to do, I'm not going to like celebrate. So it makes it all the more sweeter. And then obviously, yeah, you kind of have oh, something to go yeah, for as well. Yeah. I mean, I have every night I set, a checklist of all the things I want to achieve yeah. the next day. Do you do something similar? How do you, how, you know, because because running your own business is so There's nothing worse so many- than waking up not knowing what to do. Trust me, because you will sit behind your laptop all day and just like find anything to do besides work. So yeah, I, I do the same thing. I write a checklist in the night because um, I've got, so I, I keep a journal with me. So this might be interesting to a lot of people because a lot of people don't know this, but I keep a journal with me. Now, it's not like a journal as in, you know, the stereotypical leather booklet that has a fucking padlock on it. It's just it's just a booklet. It's just a book that I chose out that specifically spoke to me. Um, I was in the, you know, when you get this booklet, if you are just going to decide to go do this, your notepad, whatever, make sure you get something that resonates with you, something you can look at and go, wow, I actually like that. I like the look of that book. Like, I want, I want to write in it. Basically, for me, for anyone that's interested... My um, notepad uh, basically has like animated rockets on it. It's like space. It's really dark, and I've always had a, th- a thing with space and the universe and stuff like that. And um, I've always considered myself to be from outer space because that's just the way I've always thought about myself. Because um, I'm so different to everyone where I'm from. I sort of kept that motto in my head for ages, and then when I saw that book, I was like, "Whoa, this makes so much sense." But this book is basically I take it everywhere with me. Any idea I get, I put it in that book. Anything that I have to do that comes to my mind, I put it in the book. Anything that annoyed me that day, I put it in the book. Anything that, you know, made me happy, I put it in that book. Do you see what I mean? Everything that triggers an emotion goes in that book. So 
this is brilliant because when I look at that book at the end of every day, I have a clear idea of what made me happy that day so I can, you know, try and repeat it the next day, what made me annoyed so I can avoid it the next day, and also what do I need to achieve in terms of work because I've got my checklist down of what, you know, what I maybe thought about I needed to do. So say now I'm out, I'm getting a coffee, whatever, and I go, shit, I've got to do the terms and conditions for my new website or whatever. I'll write that down and I'll go home and I'll go, right, what have I got to do? And I see that and I go, right, that's going on my checklist. So yeah, having a checklist is so much easier. Be it, yeah, being prepared is so, it's, um, it's such an underrated um, habit to have. Like people don't realize how yeah. unbelievably different you will, you will perform when you have a checklist in front of you. It's crazy. You actually get, um, you actually get satisfaction from taking off uh, something as well. So if you've got like a list and you cross something off, you get a sat- you actually do get a little bit of a dopamine hit from crossing something off. Scientists have said anyway. So it so it, it basically motivates you to do the next one because we all have OCD slightly, like very slightly. So we want to see all of them crossed off rather than one. So our OCD goes, no, you got to get them all crossed off if you know what I mean. So that's basically another thing. That's another reason why a checklist is good. Yeah, of course. I mean, I I completely agree with you. Like, there is nothing better than ticking off your checklist, especially when you've just like completed a task that was pretty difficult, and then it just it it kind of like it it's like on paper it shows that there's progress, there's progress being made here. And even if it's small yeah. tasks, big tasks, I put it on that list. Like, I just put like even the smallest tasks because I believe I believe very much in momentum, and I put make bed as soon as I get out, make yeah. bed. It's the first task of the day. Just do that. Make the bed, then you go from the next, and each yeah, task kind of definitely. builds more momentum. Yeah. And I tend to have my harder tasks. Yeah, don't do don't do the hardest like ones last. Near at the start of the list, um, and I mix it up, but I, I try and do the hardest ones first. I will say something though. When it comes to the checklist, it's a bit of a redundant information, but I'll just say it anyway. Personally, I don't check things off unless they're done. I know it sounds silly, but you know you could half say now you've got to write an entire blog. And you've got one chapter left. So you know you've you've written you've already typed about twenty chapters, say, but you've got one chapter left. Do not cross it off your list because you'll never go back and do it. Do you know what I mean? You'll never go back and finish that last chapter. So only cross it off when you've literally done it. Do you see what I mean? It's so true. Yeah, of course. People and people and don't like take the piss either. If you've got a checklist, no, yeah, hundred percent. Like if you haven't anyone else. done that task or you've done it half-heartedly, don't tick it off. Do you know what I mean? Because the truth is, you're just kidding yourself. You're just kidding yourself. Um, I mean, the journal, the journal thing's huge. I think the journal is really about mindset. And I think when it comes to mindset, obviously, on a day-to-day basis, we don't realize how much we think. We don't realize what we, what negative thoughts come in our mind. And then we build these crazy scenarios. And before you know it, yeah. you're having an argument with someone in your head, someone that's pissed you off or something that happened like two years ago. I should have said this. I should have said that. But writing it down, do you know what I mean? It's it's a form of letting go and saying, yeah, shit, like, you know what? I'm writing it down I'm, and, yeah. I'm, and I'm actually 100%. aware of what well, I'm We're all thinking. naturally negative, mate. From, put it this way, from the day we're born, and I mean like the millisecond that we are born, yeah, the millisecond we get put into this, onto Earth, um, we're only, our brains are only wired to do, to do two things. Um, and that is uh, the, we have the fear of um, being dropped, and the fear of being left alone. We're only um, wired to do two things, okay? And what you notice about them two things, they're both negative. So from day one, our brains are negative, from day one. Um, so as I said, we're also risk averse. 
So our brains naturally default to negative again. That's just basically our brain. You got to understand our brain is basically um, something that only knows how to survive. That's basically what it is. It basically does anything in its power to keep you alive. That's its number one priority is to keep you alive. This is why the immune system fights off the bad stuff. This is why you won't cross the road without looking both ways because the main goal of your brain is to keep you alive. So yes, we are naturally negative because being negative keeps you alive in essence because, again, crossing the road um, would be, a, you know, to get hit by a car would be a negative thing. So it, to keep you alive, you have to look both ways. You see what I mean? It's sort of wired. To, it's, all, it's basically wired to keep us alive. Um, put it this way, right? Uh, basically, the most uh, the uh, there's 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 twenty five cognitive biases in the brain, and it's basically what a cognitive bias is. It's a behavioral uh, bias that you know basically determines our actions, and it's all subconscious, and you know what we do day to day, how we make decisions, and whatnot. So the number one attention grabbing bias is fear bias. Now, have you ever noticed when you're in a room, you could be looking at anything, but if there's a spider in your eyesight, you you jet that spider, yeah. Now, let me let me give you this. Let me give you the science behind it. Um, our eyes, every time we look around, we see four million bits of information. So, say now you're looking at a water bottle, and you're staring at the water bottle, your eyes are seeing four million bits of information, but our brains only process forty. So. Out of that 40 bits of information, it pretty much goes through the entire 4 million in literally lightning speed. It goes through the entire 4 million things that I see, and it basically picks out the 40 most um, dangerous things. So what I'm trying to say is uh, it picks out the stuff that we need to see to survive. So basically, if we look at a water bottle, your eyes will probably see every little speck of dust on it. But your brain, that isn't important to your brain, so it won't, it won't, it won't pick up on it, basically. So what I'm trying to say about the spider analogy is, um, when you're looking around, your brain's only got a limited amount of things it can pick up on, and technically that spider is deadly because to, not to subconscious spiders are deadly. So that's why you instantly look at the spider first over everything because that's priority number one. Now think about it this way: if you were doing the exact same thing and there was a spider on the wall. But then there was a hungry lion in the corner. Which one are you going to look at? You're going to look at the lion. Because to our brain, subconsciously, that's more dangerous than the spider. You see where I'm going with this? So our brains, when you have a limited amount of information they can process, it picks the, it picks the most dangerous ones. So why am I saying all this? Because the point I'm trying to make is, again, our, brain, our brains are wired to survive. And that is the only thing it's wired to do is survive. It's negative. It makes us survive. Um so that's some interesting information for anybody who, who cares about attention biases and, and whatnot. Yeah, because it's linked it's yeah, linked yeah. to someone who has trouble facing their fears, like going out of their comfort zone, going on social media, starting a fitness blog, yeah. start, starting vlogging on YouTube, just literally do doing it. something yeah. that isn't considered, you know, isn't considered normal in today's society. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You, you basically, your brain is telling you, don't do this. Don't do this, Josh. This is dangerous. People are going to judge you for it. You know, this is the this is the brain that you're talking about kicking in and saying, yeah. you know, this is dangerous. Yeah. You shouldn't do this. And I, I get it. Like our brains, they, they protect us. That's where us. you fight I mean, it, yeah. They're, they're protecting us. You know, we have to look both ways when we cross the road. We need that. But we've got to learn to shut that part yeah. off. But I will say something, though, about habits. Don't kid yourself. Now, Josh, I know you go to the gym a lot, so you can definitely relate to this one, yeah? 
Now, I'm someone who doesn't work out much. I do a lot of jogging, but I don't do, you know, I don't push weights much. Now, I could go to the gym and you could go to the gym, right? Say now, for example, I was extremely unfit. I'd never worked, I haven't worked out in years, but you was extremely fit now. I run two minutes on the treadmill and you run, say, two hours on the treadmill. Now, you, even though you've done two hours and I've only done two minutes, you've still hit your point of maximum and I've hit my point of maximum. So technically, we have actually done the same in comparison to our bodies. So you, you follow me. So this is the same with habits. So when you're just starting off building habits, do not please take that analogy with you. Do not go out and do a silly yeah. habit that you can't maintain. You've got to start small just by eating an apple a day, for example. That's how I actually started was eating an apple a day. Um, start really small, maybe write your goals, something easy. Do not jump to the top of the staircase. Um, you know, you've got to climb the steps one by one. Do not jump from the bottom to the top of the staircase because if I try to run two hours on the treadmill in that situation, I would have died, probably would have had a heart attack. Do you know what I mean? You've got to go up small. Yeah, absolutely. Keep it simple. Because if you if you take on about 50 habits the first time you start, do you know what I mean? You might stick to it for a few days, but eventually you're going to quit because it's going to be very overwhelming. So it's, it's basically what you're saying is do, do little bits each day. Do you know what I mean? Build build each day little by little and keep it simple. And and you'll you'll notice, I mean, what I've noticed when you start to build a habit is that, you know, obviously the more you do yeah. it, the more the, the more it sticks. But when you get it to stick and you've done it for a while, you'll start to take on more and more habits. Do you know what I mean? You'll start to become you'll start to strengthen the mindset, you'll become yeah. a bit more disciplined and you'll focus on those types of things. Like even when it comes to eating clean, you know, you'll notice that when you start, it's very, very hard. Well, one thing I will say about habits, try and get in, if you're struggling to what habit, you know, trying to think of what habits to do, here's a great tip for you. Now, there's this thing called, it's another cognitive bias and it's called the reciprocity effect. And what this means is, um, have you ever had some some uh, situation where someone buys you something completely out of their own, you know, kindness? They don't, you know, they didn't owe you anything. You now have that feeling to mutually give them back the the funds, or but so you no, know, they bought you a coffee. You would think, right? I need to buy this person a coffee now. Do you understand? Know Do you know what I mean? That's basically called yeah. It's called the reciprocity effect. So try and get into the habit of giving someone a compliment every day. When you see your, so you know, you go out and you see you see your your mother say, ah. Oh, Mum, you look good in that colour or whatever. You look good today or whatever. You look nice today. Why why say this? Because when you get in the habit of doing this, people have the reciprocity effect. It's a natural cognitive bias. She now has the feeling, right, I've got to say something back to him. He's just giving me a compliment out of nowhere. Well, I gotta I gotta say something back to him. She's gonna come out of nowhere and go, ah, you know what, Jim? I'm quite proud of you. Or she goes, Ah, oh, you know what? Jim, your hair's looking good today. Fair play. You know what I mean? And what does this do? <laughs> You're getting compliments for free. So this is going to boost your confidence and your ego, like fuck, which is great. So get into the habit of get into the habit of giving compliments. That's something good as well. That's a great one. Get in the habit of being kind, being nice, because it, it works both ways. That's exactly what I train. I take I teach people to give out um basically to do a free promotional video for a client before you actually even try to sell them anything. Because if you give them a completely free video, which takes you like literally two hours to do it all together you actually get to walk away with the video for your portfolio you've walked away with the experience um it's completely free so the cust the client won't won't care about you coming in to do the video but the 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 main goal is you've 
you've given them something for free. So they, they've got that reciprocity effect now, right? Do you know, there's a fact. If you give um, if you give something free to a business, they have a ninety six percent chance, higher chance of you know giving you their business, so basically working with you for money. If you give something for free, they have a ninety six percent higher chance. Yeah. See, it's mental, it, and it works. Like that's huge for that must be huge for business. I mean, thinking from a fitness point of view, like you look at a lot of personal trainers, and they always offer the first free training session. Yeah. And it's this PT, and it, he or she will show you all the ways, and it'll be a free session. And then before you know it, you're signing up to all these sessions. You got like a ten week series, and it's it's it all started from that one session. Well, that's and exactly what it is. Yeah, you saw exactly what it is. You liked. But it also could be what you're what you're saying there. Do you know what I mean? The fact that they feel like they have to give something back. What's your um? What's your daily routine like, Josh? My daily routine. So I'll get up. Um, I get up at five in the morning. Okay, right. I'll wake up. I do so. Obviously, at the minute, my gym is is closed. I need to join a gym at the minute. I've been doing a lot of home workouts, so I do a thing called Tabata training. So Tabata training is basically yeah. twenty seconds on, ten seconds off high intensity and it can be as hard or as easy as you like and um, it's one of my favorite workouts at the minute and um, i do it straight in the morning i go outside five in the morning i do it for about 20 minutes and by the end of those 20 minutes i am exhausted do you know what i mean i've worked my body and i'm awake so once i've done that um i'll start yeah. um looking at my to-do list i'll get a shower shave get ready for work even though work is not till nine am so it'll be about 20 to 6 by then i'll make myself a black coffee this is the best part i'll make myself a black coffee i sit at my desk and that is the most productive two hours of my day oh yeah fucking hell i um i completely agree with that uh my day routines is slightly different to yours i don't get me wrong i've experimented a lot with um with getting up at four o'clock in the morning five o'clock in the morning but for my business technically I work strictly with other businesses, so I'm, I don't need to get up at five in the morning, four o'clock in the morning, because no one else is awake at that time. So I need to be awake and get the maximum amount of hours I can when other people are awake. So that's why I've, I've, I, I did I did wake up at five for like a year straight, and it was great. But um, so there's this the, the four fundamentals of life, right? I learned this from Ty Lopez. So if anybody's watching this and they're thinking I, I took it from him, I didn't. I've learned it from him. Um, I didn't make it up. So it's called. The four fundamentals of life, health, wealth, love, happiness. So this is the order he puts them in. He puts them in health, wealth, then love, then happiness. That's the way you should live your life, basically, priorities-wise. Because he says health first, because um, Steve Jobs once said, the owner of Apple, you never wanted to be the richest man in the graveyard. So keep your health first. Make sure your health is sorted. Um, And then wealth, because uh, 96% of divorces are financially related. So you only have a 4% chance of staying in a marriage uh, if you know if you don't get your wealth right. So get your money right second. That's, mo- that's second important. Then um, love. So then do something you love, um, you know, that brings you joy and whatnot. And then once you've done the other three, so you, you know, you've worked out, you've been healthy, you've gotten some money, you've been productive, and you're doing stuff you love, evidently, number four, the happiness will follow. It just will. You've had, you've done everything else. So that's the way I do my day. You see, Josh, I wake up and I'll do some exercise. So health first. Now I usually go for jogs. I don't push weights or anything like that. So I go for jogs five days a week and then I have a day off on Sunday, but then on Saturday I'll do yoga. So it's a bit of stretching and whatnot just to, you know, wind down from the jogging. And then I work. 
So, oh, sorry, I didn't. I wake up at seven. I should have mentioned that. And then I work. Um, I do like an hour in the morning, obviously a fitness and you know shower and whatnot. And then I start working from seven until two. So I only work till seven till two. And then you know if I've got other stuff going on, you know you can't set a daily routine in stone because things happen. You know you got to do other shit sometimes. So that's my you know that's the rule of thumb is is seven till um, eight till two. And then after two o'clock, I'll do something I love. So. You may not know this about me, but I can fluently speak French. That's one of my hobbies is learning French. So I speak French fluently. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I'll, you know, learn French. Maybe I'll go see my girlfriend. Maybe I'll hang out with some of my boys. Um, you know, maybe I'll do something like that. And then once I've done that, I wind down at six. Six is my time where I, I you know, I close off everything. Six is my time. When I get in, I have a cuppa. I relax, maybe have a bath. Um, maybe do some reading. I, I read quite a lot um, in the night times, and then yeah, and then I start winding down, man. I relax for the, for the next you know five six hours. So people think that now nah, when you got a business, you've got to hustle twenty four seven, but that's not the case. That's not the case. That's not the way anybody teaches it. The only people that teach like that are the people who don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> Have you noticed most successful people don't tell you to hustle um, twenty four hours a day? Only Gary Vaynerchuk does, but he's an exception because he's just on a different wavelength of fucking motivation which is something that you know most people like us will never get to because he's just he's got like a gift or something either that or he's bullshitting one of the two but um yeah he's on a different level but yeah then after six after six o'clock i wind down whatnot put his standards on at nine o'clock when it comes on bbc player and then i just go to, I go to bed then mate wasn't top gear go to bed so people think you know yeah i work all day no i don't work all day mate no chance that's one of the beauties of having a business. You see, you control your own hours. You should never work when you're weak because when you're weak, you know, that could be when you're ill, you're tired, you can't be bothered, whatever, you're demotivated. That's weak because when you're weak, um, you'll make mistakes and you won't put in 100% effort. So you should never work when you're weak. It's pointless. And that's something I was doing a lot. I was very weak um, after working a certain amount of hours and I was still working, but it was pointless because I wasn't actually doing anything in them hours. I was productive and when I was actually trying to do stuff, I was just making mistakes. So yes, I did work for the for the you know two years straight. But let me tell you something. I wish I had them because I made a lot of mistakes in that two years that were literally from just me trying to overwork myself. But it just yeah, it never went well for me. And I'd be ill. and I wasn't healthy at the time either. I'll be honest with you. It's only like the last year that I started to get my health in in shape. So I didn't go for exercises. I didn't eat healthy. I was terrible health wise in that two years. So. Uh, I was weak a lot, as you can imagine, because my immune system, as I told you earlier, was focusing on other stuff. So I was very ill that them two years as well. So yeah, it was just a bad two years for me, I'll be honest with you. Obviously, you're right. You should you shouldn't you know it shouldn't be a twenty four seven job. But I still think it's a rule of thumb. My daily routine is a rule of, of thumb. Obsession. You know, as I say, shit does happen. I do have to work overtime. Like for example, when I was doing that course, which I told you about earlier, the one I did in one full week. Yeah, I didn't. I messed up. I messed up my daily routine a lot doing that because. I worked from the moment I got up and I worked around till like seven in the night. I didn't actually have time for my love. I didn't do my, my French classes. I didn't go out with my mates. I didn't see anyone for that week. I didn't see my girlfriend for enti- that entire week. I literally just worked on the personal brand and my agency. So yeah, things do change, but as a general rule of thumb, that is my daily routine. But um, yeah, things do change. I'm not, I can't say, I can't say they don't because, you know, just recently, literally two weeks ago, I was, um, I was working overtime like fuck. Yeah. Therefore, 
Yeah, is it cha- yeah, of course. And also, I mean, so my that's my routine in the morning, just g- going back. And then obviously from nine to five, I'm working my full-time job. If anyone doesn't know, I'm a, I'm the conference administrator. So I organize events. So um, it's quite, it can be quite stressful at times. I do enjoy it. Um, but obviously finishing that job at five, um, I kind of have to work a little bit later. So obviously my my overall aim is to finish the checklist and to do that. Um, and I'll probably work till about from five. I'll make food. Um, I'll check the social media, check what's going on there, and then I'll probably work till about ten o'clock at night. That's what I'm doing now. But I think if you're, you know, if anyone, anyone's listening, and anyone wants to start a business, and you've got a full time job, technically, you have to put in those hours. So you have to kind of be imbalanced. You have to be imbalanced to be balanced in a sense because you have to create that. I mean. I haven't created this yet, so I, you know, I can't talk like I've, you know, I'm this, I'm this role model, this success that's done it. I'm currently trying to do it, but this is what I'm learning so far is that you kind of have to do those extra hours, um, and it's going to be tiring, it's going to be grueling, um, but for for it to work, and if you know, for you to have that job as well, um, and for you to create, you know, the business and be able to leave your current job and go and do that business, you have to. You have to be in balance to be balanced. That's a, it's a huge thing. Have you ever listened to uh, David Goggins, the runner? So he basically says that he's really interesting. He's this. He's he's not sorry. He's not a he's not a runner. He used to be a marine. Um, I think he used to be a marine. Um, and he like literally pushes his body to the mat. He like does like crazy uh, marathons, and he like literally for hours. So you should look look him up, man. He's really interesting from a motivational point of view. He's really interesting. I mean, just from from us talking about him, I'd say another big thing, anyone starting something, you need to have a role model. You need to have someone who has achieved that success. Ty Lopez, personally. Um, I don't know whether you know who that is, but he is actually, he's he's quite um, controversial in the industry. A lot of people say he's a scam artist and stuff like that, but that name only came about because he was the first one to really push online education, basically. So everyone at the time, obviously... When he first started pushing it, it did seem like a scam. But over the last couple of years, online education has become really popular. So now when you look back at it in retrospect, he's only got that name tag because of people who named him that years and years ago. Um, but to me, mate, he is so smart. It's unbelievable. Like, I've watched every one of his videos. I've, I'm in two of his courses. Um, yeah, mate, trust me. It takes a real one to know a real one, and I know he's not. He's not. I know he's not. No scam out there. He gives out real information, like serious information. So, um, yeah, I yeah, a book a week. Yeah. If any if anyone doesn't know this this person, I suggest you look him up. And um, he's huge on reading. He reads like a book a day. Like Jesus, he does a book a day. And um, I remember the first video. He was in his garage and he was talking about books and education and knowledge. Like I think books are absolutely huge like i'll be honest with you when it comes to reading books i'm probably one of the most impatient people um, you'll ever meet that's one of my rituals to read my book i do about i do about six pages it's not so much the principle of reading it's more the um you know the action of reading it's like sitting down doing nothing and staring at a page in complete silence that's the problem and it? it's not the action it's not the it's not the principle of it it's the action that you have to take to do it like you really have to shut yourself down to read um, and I think I think that's the hardest part for people. Like, that's the hardest part for me, anyway. Yeah, and it, but to be honest with you, when I find an interesting book, Extreme Ownership, I definitely encourage anyone 
who's looking to get into business, who's looking to start building habit and discipline and getting up early, read Extreme Ownership. This guy talks about how um, the benefits of getting up really early and doing certain things. Um, he talks about the benefits of discipline, which is huge. You know, he talks about how, you know, to be to be financially to be financially free, you've got to be financially disciplined. And it's so true. Do you know, there's a, there's a quote and it goes, um, the definition of frustration, obviously it's not the real definition of frustration, but he said the definition of frustration is trying the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. If something's not working for you, you've got to change. For something to change, you've got to change. Um, so if you're trying to be successful and you keep on fucking failing, you have to change what you're doing. And that's the thing, as you're saying, about financial disciplines and stuff like that. Like, it all comes down to disciplines at the end of the day. If you're trying this, if you're doing certain disciplines and you keep on failing, you have to change what you're doing. You know what I mean? So another cognitive bias, the, the second most powerful, some say it's the most powerful. There's no definitive answer on it. And that's the emotional bias. Now, we have two parts of our brain, right? Emotional and logical. Humans, we buy on emotion, then we justify with logic. If you ever bought a Domino's pizza when you haven't got much money in your bank account because you're gagging for a Domino's pizza and then you finish the entire thing, you're not hungry at all anymore and you think to yourself, shit, why did I spend 14 quid on the pizza? So that's the exact same thing. So I'll give you another example quickly. Uh, when I used to do Shopify, I used to do e-commerce and I you know, I was quite successful in that. That's what basically got you know my feet off the ground really for business was... Um, was doing all that. And now you have to know a lot of psychology in it. And one of the psychology is the emotional bias. So, so now you're selling the dog collar, the lights up in the dark. Yeah. You do this, you go, you, first of all, you lead with a fact. So you leave the statistics, so it gains trust and it gains credibility. So you say something like hundred thousand dogs died last year in the UK alone from running out on the roads in the dark. And then you provide the solution. So the solution is, buy this light up dog collar so drivers can see dogs in the dark. Now, why does this work? Because the person who's got a dog who you've ran these ads to are going to see that ad and go, ah, I don't want my dog to die by running out in the dark. You know what I mean? Dogs dogs run away sometimes. You know, they get out sometimes. is the way it goes, isn't it? I'm going to buy that dog collar so, so, you know, I can prevent that emotional instant happening. So another example is... Um, in, say, River Island or H&M or any dressing room that you go in in a clothes store, they've um, manipulated the lighting to make you look better. Now, a lot of people don't know this, but it's one of them common facts that uh, basically they've changed the light bulbs and the angles of the lighting and everything. Um, they've worked out the average position for where people stand in these changing rooms. They've done it all, and they've worked out the lighting to basically make you look better, like make your jawline pop more to make your um, to make your waist look slimmer, like lighting does crazy things. So why people spend money is because you could have right 20 quid in your bank account and you've got to pay for food, you've got to pay for petrol and you've got to pay for your insurance, whatever, in the next couple of days before you get paid. You go into a shop and say, now, for example, you've got a bit more extra weight than most people and you're a bit insecure about your legs, for example, and nothing you put on makes you happy you feel insecure and everything but you go into a shop and you pick up a pair of jeans and you go into the changing rooms with this manipulated lighting because as i just said they manipulate the lighting brands they you know these companies they know what they're doing they know psychology so they've done it for a reason so the point is people try them jeans on 
and oh, it makes them look a bit skinnier because of the lighting, obviously, but they don't know this. In their head, it's just the genes. In their head, it's the genes that make them look skinnier, but it's not. It's the lighting. So in their head, they're like, oh, these genes are awesome on me. Yeah. Uh, but guess how much the genes are? They're 17 quid. But they've, but they've still got to pay for food and all that for the next couple of days before they get paid. But they're still going to buy the genes. You know why? Because their body, um, our brain buys on emotion and justifies your logic. So it would buy the genes on emotion because emotionally it makes this person feel more confident. But then later down the line when she's to buy food, she's only got three quid left. She's going to realize, shit, here's the logic kicking in. Why the hell did I buy them genes? Uh, but it's too late now. She's already lost the receipt and chucked the tag in the bin. You see what I mean? So this is why people can't control their monies because the emotional bias pretty much decides everything we do. And that's pretty much why, like, for example, like in a shop, I bet you didn't know this. Supermarkets will put the high branded, next time you go to Tesco or Asda or something, look at the average eye level. Um, how tall are you, Josh, just out of curiosity? About five, five, eight, five, eight. Okay, so that's the average in the UK. So um, when you go into Tesco, look straight ahead and I bet you a fiver all of the expensive brands are right in your eyesight. And all the cheap ones are down the bottom and all the cheap ones are at the top because brand um, brands know that you know we all look straight and we don't look we naturally look straight we don't look down we look straight so they put the expensive items in the middle row if you go to tesco now and you look at the bot and you look where their tesco brand like 39p pack of biscuits are they're right at the bottom of the shelf you look where the muck the McVitie biscuits are and the jammy dodges and stuff they're bang in the middle at five at, you know at average five or eight yeah, of course. And also, um, that, that goes slightly on to um, neuromarketing. So have you ever heard of neuromarketing before? No. Different. So it's measuring, if anyone doesn't know what neuromarketing is, it's, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of uh, arguments about it, whether it's ethical or not. And basically, it measures the brainwaves of, yeah. um, of buyers. So basically, you'd go into a store, they, they measure the brain, brainwaves when they go into like a supermarket, and what like, test their level so what what they find exciting when they go in there oh yeah and they basically kind of do research on that and that's how they a lot of supermarkets have been known to do that to like increase like see see what what does a customer look straight at when they i agree go with into that. a supermarket do you, you know what i mean do you disagree with that is it controversial i don't um i mean we did a topic in uni about it but um I don't, I don't, I don't disagree with it. No, I think it's marketing. It's obviously looking at, it's looking at the brainwaves and look at what what excites customers when they go into the I stores. Think that's I mean, smart, though. I think that's interesting. I don't see any wrong with that at all. Super interesting, yeah, really interesting. I mean, I, I think a lot of brands um, also pay supermarkets to be in certain locations in a store. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think the likes of you know, Coke, you would never see Coca Cola at the bottom shelf. In Tesco? No, that's exactly what I'm just saying. No, yeah, yeah. eye level. It's always eye level, definitely. Eye level, yeah, because the bigger brands, yeah, I completely understand that. Um, I mean, obviously, we're going. I think we're we're going crazy yeah. off topic here, but, um, but the last twenty minutes has been pure fire knowledge, <laughs> though. I'm not gonna lie to you. Yeah, it's very very interesting. It's, it's interesting, man. Really interesting. Um, what was I'm I'm trying to think of the last thing we were talking about. So we're talking about um, oh yeah, discipline, man, discipline. So obviously, making sure that. You know, if you, okay, for example, this is a big thing, like students, students right now, if anyone's listening to this and they're starting uni, because a lot of students will be starting uni right now. Yeah, today, yeah. A lot of them, yeah, some of them might have started today, I think. Um, Monday, I think everyone starts. Next week, Monday, yeah, yeah, exactly. And 
And this is a big thing. Students, students have that name. They're always broke. They always have, they always, they're like skin. No, they yeah, have no money. Yeah, definitely. They spend it. And like, if you look at a student, how they spend their money, like it's crazy. They spend money and they act like, you know, they get their student loans and they go out, they drink and that's fine. And then they spend money and they go to the, the most expensive supermarkets um, yeah, and before they know it, they've, they've finished their student loan, and they're living off pot noodles. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> they don't have a job, and um, yeah. it's because it's because they're not disciplined in that sense. And I, I, I'm the same. I was terrible when I was a student, but yeah. you know, it's a perfect example that you know to to be to be financially free. I know I keep saying this. You've got to be disciplined in that sense. You've got to be financially dis- disciplined. Yeah, you've you, got to take. You, you keep on saying now. it because it's very true. Yeah, exactly. Like exactly. serious, like, yeah. Discipline really is, true. is um. There's a quote, and it goes: "Success is um, a build-up of disciplines practice every day." By one of my favorite speakers, my favorite speaker ever is Jim Rohn. He's unfortunately passed away now, but so I'll never get a chance to meet him, obviously. But um, he's you know he goes back to training basically. If you type his name on YouTube, he's got like a two-hour seminar of um basically him giving a seminar back in 1980 i believe 1980 and oh my god i don't think i've ever seen a better video on youtube than that i think he I've is it. incredible i used to you know i rewatched. i know jim video. rowan jim rowan's my fate one of my favorites oh, my god. the way he speaks yeah les brown as well yeah, les brown, yeah, les yeah, brown. Yeah. eric thomas yeah eric yeah thomas. i know the one um, these are all big, you know, the, exactly when we're talking about idols and yeah. these people, yeah, mm. these are my, like, Les Brown, Eric Thomas, uh, Jim Rowan, these people I Jim literally Rowan, watch on YouTube. I've watched it, I've watched that two-hour seminar about 50 times. Unbelievable, mate. It's so good. Unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, and that's it. I mean, I think this podcast is coming to a close soon, but what I'd say to anyone, yeah, yeah. Have you know if we could summarize this this podcast because we've we've spoken about a lot and mm-hmm. say you know build yeah. good habits you know build good habits if you're going to start your own business or whatever like that and um, you know don't care too much about what others are thinking or others are saying about you just go for it yeah and you know another thing I'd say is have someone who is was in your shoes and is now a success and look at what they've done to achieve that. Yeah. Look at it, and it makes it more real. It makes it more real and makes you understand that, you know, it, it it is possible. All right, that someone else has achieved it. Why the hell can you not achieve it? Do you know what I mean? Definitely, mate. Definitely. Com- completely agree. I just want to say, Jamie, thank you for being on this podcast. Thank you, you've mate, been, for having me. You've been brilliant. It's been amazing. Thank you. Um, Jamie, where can all the listeners find you on social media? Yeah, of course. So if you have any questions regarding anything to do with business or, you know, you just want to chat or whatever, do drop me a DM. I'm not one of them people that would ignore you. I will reply to everyone. So my Instagram username is Jamie Harris, but instead of an A in the Jamie, it's an X. So just to confirm, I'll spell it out for you. It's J-X-M-I-E-H-A double r i s thank you for coming on the podcast we'll see you again soon